Locked On Washington football team, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. All right, everybody, we welcome you to a new episode of the Locked On Washington football team podcast live from Canton, Ohio, after today's Sunday's. Washington football team loss in Cleveland, a game that I was at at First Energy Stadium in Cleveland. Guys, help support your local businesses, whether they're your corner stores, coffee spots, or favorite shops. Local businesses have always been on your team, supporting you and your community. But right now, more than ever, local businesses need our support. So let's be there for them. The next time you go shopping, make the choice to shop at a local business and look for the contactless symbol and tap to pay with a contactless visa to help support your community because where and how you shop matters. Visa, everywhere you want to be, official partner of the NFL. I just remind you, I don't use anything but a visa. So there you go. Break that bad boy out when you need it. Support a local business and away you go. All right. So as I sit here and we record this late Sunday night back from Cleveland, uh, I'm hanging out with my kids in Canton, Ohio, where they live, of course, near the Pro Football Hall of Fame. We'll say hello to Tyler in a little bit. But first, the Washington football team losing 34 to 20. In Cleveland to the Cleveland Browns on Sunday, the Browns are now two and one. Washington one and two. And you know, look, we'll go over the game. We'll talk about the big issues. Of course, Dwayne Haskins in the crosshairs, um, three interceptions. Three interceptions should have had a fourth, also a sack force fumble. Uh, Twenty-four points directly off of turnovers for the Cleveland Browns, and. You know, look, that is going to be the big dominant story. I wrote a column on SI.com right after the game, maybe an hour or so after the game, after we had a chance to talk to Ron Rivera. And Ron Rivera, and you'll hear that on the next episode, said, look, we're not changing quarterbacks. I mean, he didn't say it exactly that way, but that was his message. His message was, I told Dwayne I've got his back. I'm supporting him. I'm good. Um, He's got to play better. The interceptions bothered me. He made mistakes. But this is a young football team, and Rivera has preached that from day one. And especially, especially since we closed in on the season and since the season has started. Now, there wasn't as much of the young football team talk during the offseason as disjointed as it was during training camp because there was no competition. You know, you're going against yourself. There's, you know, it's, it's, nobody's tackling. I mean, there's, there's some live contact, but, you know, all of a sudden the message has cranked up over the last three weeks. Look, we're a young football team. We're going to make mistakes. I care about developing the football team. And that's exactly the message that Ron Rivera preached once again on Sunday afternoon in Cleveland when we talked to him via the Zoom video conference right after the game is, you know, he's talking about if if you don't let people work their way through mistakes, you're never, ever, ever going to get anybody good because nobody comes into this league and just 
dominates and doesn't make mistakes where they can't work through them, right? The question is, is how and when and where do you draw the line? And clearly he's not at drawing the line for Dwayne Haskins three games into this, and nor should he be. And that's my point. Look, I don't know if Dwayne Haskins is ever going to be a consistently good quarterback. I, I, I mean, I, I, I have no delusions of grandeur that he's going to be a great quarterback. If he turns out to be a great quarterback, I'll be surprised. But can he be a good quarterback? Can he be a proficient quarterback? Can he be a quarterback that you win with? And Ron's point was, look, he started 10 games. He's still a rookie in his opinion, and he's right essentially in terms of his game development, and he's changed systems, and he's on his third head coach, and he didn't have an offseason that he could work with the coaches, all of that. So Ron's point is we're young and we're preaching patience, and they proved that by cutting Adrian Peterson. You know, they're a very young team. There is no doubt about that. So... He has preached that, and he has shown that by, again, cutting Adrian Peterson. That's just one example, but that's a pretty damn big example, right? That's a pretty big example. That doesn't mean you don't have any extra veterans or any veterans. Obviously, they kept Thomas Davis. They have Ryan Kerrigan, um, you know, Morgan Moses, uh, you know, so it's not like it, it, it's not like you don't have any veterans, But they proved that they're a young, rebuilding, and learning on-the-fly team with no preseason, with no offseason, with young players, even though their average age is about middle of the NFL on cut-down day based on all the metrics that they send out. And my buddy Jimmy Kemsky uh, does this breakdown that we talked about for uh, phillyvoice.com. You know, Washington, I think, was like 14th in the league. So the point of the matter is, Ron's like, look, you know, he's essentially still in his rookie year. He's had three different coaches, different systems, different terminology. He didn't play a lot in college. You got to give the kid a chance. Again, I believe Ron is sincere when he's saying that. He's saying it worked when we had patience with Cam Newton, and it did. Now, I don't know, I don't think Dwayne Haskins is ever going to be Cam Newton. I mean, obviously he doesn't have the athletic ability that Cam Newton, the, the dangerous run ability that Cam Newton had. But his point is we developed him and got him comfortable from the pocket. You look at Josh Allen up in Buffalo, guy with a cannon for an arm, came into the league, he was all over the place. At Wyoming or wherever, I think it was at Wyoming, he was all over the place. His accuracy was never good. He had a cannon for an arm, a rocket for an arm, but he was all over the place. But now all of a sudden, a couple of years in, with good coaching, Constant practice, constant learning, constant studying, really no question as to who the number one quarterback is in Buffalo. Boom, he's just chipped away and gotten better and better and better. That doesn't mean he's not going to struggle. That doesn't mean he's not going to have lows, but he's gotten a lot better, right? And Buffalo's off to a good start. And that's what Ron, remember, Brandon Bean is the general manager up there. Him and Ron, very close. So that's what Ron is going to see, think. You know, he's got that for an influence. He's got the Cam Newton experience that he went through. He's seen it around the league with others. 
it takes time to develop a quarterback. There are some players that can come in and make an immediate impact and be pretty good, right? There are just some players that can. It's rare at the quarterback position. It's very rare. Uh, We saw Baker Mayfield have a pretty damn good rookie year, and then we've seen him be all over the place, up and down since, including on Sunday. The point of the matter is it takes time. So don't give up. And I don't think Washington's giving up uh, on Dwayne Haskins, nor should they. All right, so this is the Locked On Washington football team podcast. I'm your host, Chris Russell. As we go through the big story, again, Ron Rivera didn't exactly say the words, but he made it clear, beyond clear, that Dwayne Haskins is his starting quarterback moving forward. Now, how long is moving forward? I don't know, but I have a feeling it's going to be more than a lot of people are going to like. I wouldn't be surprised week five, week six, if you you see Haskins pulled for a little while or something, if he's really, you know, like you have the Rams coming in after the Ravens. If he's really struggling in the Rams game, maybe, maybe. I, I just don't sense that it's close. I could be wrong, but I just don't sense that it's close. All right, when we return... We will go over the game and what happened and what didn't happen and all the bad and some of the good. Uh, We'll do that. We'll go inside the numbers. We'll go inside the box score. uh, And we'll give you as much information as we can. And we'll have all the player reaction and coach reaction throughout the week to this week three, 34-20 loss to the Cleveland Browns uh, in Cleveland on Sunday afternoon, a game we were at. All right. All right, it is Chris Russell with you for our friends at CBD Freeze with Menthol. That's right. It doesn't matter if you're a professional athlete, a stay-at-home parent, or if you spend hours a day in an uncomfortable office chair. And who doesn't do that these days? Everyone needs support to make it through the day. Luckily, our pals at CBDMD have an amazing duo of treatment that can help you relax, regroup, and recharge when life gets chaotic. Try CBD Freeze with Menthol. It's an award-winning product that offers instant cooling relief for muscles and joints in a convenient and easy-to-use roller or a shareable squeeze tube. Or then try CBD Recover, which combines CBD with inflammation-fighting compounds like Arnica and vitamin B6 to give you support where it needs, uh, where it matters the most. To make it even easier to try this amazing duo of topicals and everything else CBDMD has to offer, they're offering our listeners 25% off your next order. When you use the promo code LOCKEDONNFL at checkout, that's right, CBDMD.com, promo code LOCKEDONNFL for 25% off your purchase of superior CBD oil products from CB. D-M-D. All right, it is Chris Russell with you as we continue along on the Locked On Washington football team podcast. So we ranted about the quarterback situation. Here's why it was a problem. Dwayne Haskins, three interceptions. Dwayne Haskins should have thrown a fourth interception, if not for Isaiah Wright knocking a ball away. He also was sacked for his fault. I mean, that's not necessarily his fault. Jaron Christian obviously had a big part in that. Miles Garrett had a big part in that. But that's two weeks in a row, a sack force fumble. The quickest way to get you benched 
is to keep turning the ball over. And Dwayne Haskins had not thrown an interception before Sunday afternoon's game. And again, then threw three and should have thrown four. Uh, Plus, he had the sack-forced fumble in Arizona and a sack-forced fumble today. So that's not good, obviously, because the Washington football team has zero margin for error. Zero. And you just can't. I mean, again, you can deal with not converting on third down, even though that's hard. You can con- deal with not putting up big points or big plays or, or whatever it might be. But you cannot, you cannot just constantly have the turnovers. So that's three interceptions on Sunday, the first three of the year, and again, it should have been four, and that's two sacked force fumbles inside the last quarter uh, game and, and, and what, game and a half. Um, two games, let's just call it that. One each. That's, you know, five, six turnovers right there, and this team is not good enough when it doesn't turn the ball over on offense. Remember week one against the Eagles? They didn't turn the ball over. And they got a couple of takeaways, and they had eight sacks. But they didn't turn the ball over. You don't, I mean, even if, again, you're not great on offense, that's a huge difference. Now they're shooting themselves in the foot with all these turnovers. So Dwayne Haskins was 21 of 37, 224, three sacks. Um, Again, one of them a sack force fumble. Two touchdown passes, both to Dontrell Inman and the three interceptions, a 58-8 rating. I, you know, obviously not good. Now, there were some positives. First quarter, I thought Dwayne got rid of the football. I thought Scott Turner called a good game. They were getting some swing passes, some, some quick stuff, some quick game, spreading them out, going empty. Uh, he was you know, doing all sorts of different things doing all sorts of different things to kind of run the offense. They got three first downs on the first drive of the game. Uh, Even though they didn't score and even though they bogged down on a couple of incompletes on first and third down, they had three first downs on that first drive, and that was more first downs than they had in the entire first quarter of each of their first two games on that one drive, and they didn't even score on it. And then they came back and they scored on their next drive which was very impressive. So there was a lot to like about the first quarter, and we'll get to the third quarter for the Washington football team. But again, even from the first round, now Cleveland's defense is far from world beaters. Obviously, Baltimore will present a much, much more difficult challenge. But again, you look at it, the Washington football team had seven first downs in just the first quarter alone. And they actually scored and took a lead seven to nothing into the second quarter. They had been outscored 35-7 in the first half. So to have a lead to score seven points, to throw a donut up um, in the first quarter, great. And then even the first score that they allowed – you're sure they buckled a little bit on a 13 play drive, couple of third down, but it was only a field goal. 13 plays, 42 yards, not bad. This could have been a lot worse, but the start was good, and the first quarter was really good overall. 
Now, before we get to the bad, the third quarter was really good as well. They were down 17-7 at the half. Everything going wrong on offense. Dwayne Haskins, a couple of bad picks. Uh, Cleveland obviously wakes up direct off the turnovers. A couple of big injuries, which we'll get to. I'll say God bless you to my son, who's sitting here next to me uh, as we record this. But, you know, they overcame that. As bad as that second quarter was, they came out in the third quarter after halftime where they've been great this year. They've had coming in the most uh, third most points, 35, scored in the second half of games this year. And they come out and they put up, they punt on their first Drive of the third quarter, not good. Three plays, three and out, Ugh, you're thinking, yike. Then they take over at the Cleveland 49 and the Washington 46. So they get good field position, and they put together a six-play drive and a 12-play drive, both culminating in touchdowns. One in Antonio Gibson touchdown run. That was the first one, and the second one at Dontrell Inman, second touchdown catch. I believe that was on third down. So Washington then has a 20-17 to 17 lead. So the first quarter grade, third quarter grade. The second quarter was awful. The fourth quarter was not good. And the not good and the awful won out over the good. So two good quarters of football, two really bad quarters of football. Cleveland in the second quarter had a field goal, a touchdown, and then a punt, and then a touchdown. And the two touchdown drives were on three play drives directly off of Dwayne Haskins' interceptions. And in the fourth quarter, had two touchdowns and a field goal on their three drives as Washington was completely worn out. Cleveland was on the field, had time of possession 33-37 to 26-23. It was a somewhat warm day in Cleveland. It was a little warmer than I was expecting, but it was mid-70s. I mean, it really shouldn't be a huge factor, but maybe it was. Um, they, they didn't get off the field on some big third downs, some long drives, some really short drives for Cleveland. As a matter of fact, Cleveland had uh, five straight drives of three plays on each of those drives. But on two of those drives, they scored two touchdowns. And then they had another three-play three drive in the fourth quarter for a touchdown. But they also sandwiched that around a 10-play drive, an 11-play drive, a 13-play drive. So it was either like feast or famine. Either they were on the field a quick short amount of time, but they were scoring, or they were on the field for a lengthy amount of time, 10, 11, 12, 13 plays, scoring in most games, field goal, touchdown, whatever, and that just wore Washington out. Especially when you consider that they lost Matt Ioannidis and Chase Young <clears throat> right with each other, and it may have happened on the same play. I'm not even sure yet. Um in the second quarter, both for the game. Now, it appears that Chase Young, more just cautious. You know, he tweeted um, something kind of, uh, I don't know, I don't want to say a little mysterious, but it certainly wasn't clear. But he said he would be back soon. I don't know if that means this Sunday. I would imagine he'll be a game-time decision. Very questionable. Maybe we'll find out late Saturday night, early Sunday morning from Schefter or Rappaport that he'll play, that he won't play. But the bottom line is, I wouldn't count on him. Matt Ioannidis, I never saw come out 
of the locker room. Uh, I could have missed him, but he was ruled out right away with an arm injury. I mean, that could be a broken arm. That could be anything. I mean, we just don't know. Uh, but the bottom line is, is both of them were lost midway through the second quarter. And, you know, look, I realize that they had a lot to overcome and a lot to deal with, but they still have to find a way, somehow, some way, to make a stand. And they did make a stand from time to time. And, and, and Montez Sweat was great. And he, again, forced a three and out here and there. But there were too many times where they wilted on third and long. Uh, Cleveland had a, like a third and 12 and a third and 11. I'll have to tally it back up. But there were a couple of third and plus 10s in which they converted, not to mention a fourth and three that they converted. And that's a problem for this Washington defense. It's been a problem getting off the field on third down. Then they gave up a couple of chunk gashes to that big offensive line uh, and the great running game that Cleveland has. You know, they they just did. And Nick Chubb started going downhill and, and ripping off big chunks of yardage. Uh, and, you know, the bottom line is, I wouldn't say it was a great performance in any way, shape, or form by the defense. Now, were they shorthanded? Absolutely. Um, you know, did you need Chase Young and Matt Ioannidis to try and win? Yeah, absolutely. But, I mean, you know, if you're going to lose guys, that's your area of strength, and Montez Sweat was great, but nobody else, uh, Jonathan Allen had a big sack. I didn't really notice Deron Payne. Um, Ryan Kerrigan had a big late penalty uh, jumping into the neutral zone uh, on a fourth down play of all things that gave them a first down. Mm. So, you know, look, the defense wasn't terrible, but it wasn't good enough. Landon Collins got picked on one coverage on a short little touchdown. They had a three-by-one set up for Cleveland. Um, you know, I haven't watched the tape yet, so I want to be careful about what I say, but that's just what I remember seeing in my own eyes and the couple of highlights that I've been able to see. All right, back in a flash to wrap things up right here on the Locked On Washington football team podcast. We'll give you some more numbers and some more analysis right here on this non-victory Monday edition of LOWFT. All right, it is Chris Russell with you guys for our friends at Built Bar. That's right, Built Bar is amazing. Six new flavors, you're going to love them. Caramel brownie, cookies and cream, uh, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, apple almond crisp. Those are just some of the new flavors. And they have 12 original flavors, guys. I keep telling you all the time how much I love peanut butter, peanut butter and chocolate best combination in the world they have you covered they have a peanut butter uh, flavor they have a double chocolate flavor and they have a peanut butter brownie flavor and it's all awesome all awesome and here's the best part you can eat a chocolate bar have it taste good have it be satisfying and fulfilling and have it be great for you why because built bar is built for the health conscious dude like yourself built for 
you built bar built for if you need a boost and you're on a diet and most of us are and watching carbs and watching sugar and watching calories and watching all sorts of things built bar is perfect as a meal replacement or as a snack or if you're sitting in a bunch of traffic on the way home and you've had a rough day and you don't want to go to a fast food joint right because that would not be good for you you grab yourself a built bar and bam it's wonderful. Go to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code Locked On, and you'll get $10 off your next order. Use the promo code Locked On for $10 off at BuiltBar.com. All right, we finish up the Locked On Washington football team podcast uh, here with just a couple more notes uh, on the game. For a Washington perspective, we don't want to make it all negative, Certainly, there was certainly some positives. I mean, we've touched on the first and third quarter. We've touched on Dontrell Inman with the two touchdowns. Terry McLaurin, I thought, was good, even though he didn't score, even though he didn't get really super close to 100. He had great yard after the catch. Targets, eight catches for 40, uh, 83 yards, a 20.8 average, and again, a lot of that run after the catch long of 33. Um, Terry McLaurin was a factor in this game, even if he wasn't the big takeoff, the, you know, the lid factor, uh, if you will. Isaiah Wright was targeted six times, four receptions, 24 yards, plus he broke up that interception. Isaiah Wright was really, really active uh, in this for the rook out of Temple. Logan Thomas targeted seven times, four catch, 31 yards, along the 14. He just doesn't get enough separation for me. Uh, he was the one targeted on the first Dwayne Haskins interception and, again, had absolutely no interception, uh, no, no separation, and that led to Dwayne firing it into a tight window and high and sailing it for Carl Joseph. Meanwhile, Antonio Gandy-Golden got into the jet sweep double reverse action game with one carry for 22 yards. That was his only uh, touch of the game. He was targeted twice in the passing game uh, as the young receiver gets a little bit more of a role. Antonio Gibson, nine rushes, 49 yards, a 5-4 average, not bad, and a two-yard touchdown run. Just not enough in terms of touches. Once again, Antonio Gibson 12 touches on the game that's really not going to cut it in my opinion he needs to be you know 15 plus easy 15 plus easy JD McKissick had four targets three catches 37 yards along of 26 that got Washington down inside the five yard line on one of those receptions McKissick five carries 15 yards including the first play of the game I think it was a seven yard uh, carry on a cross option kind of you know end around not end around but a, a, a cross face inside trap give, uh, basically, uh, and he was able to get something uh, out of it. So, you know, here's the bottom line. There were some good things. We mentioned Dontrell Inman, two touchdowns uh, on the day. Who knew, right? Six targets, three catches, 
38 yards and a long of 17 and again the two touchdowns uh, again not good enough but at least you got a little something something from Dontrell Inman and he was able to get the two scores now he took a 15 yard personal foul on one of them for celebrating uh, a lot of people had a problem with it I didn't I mean he flexed he muscled now Sendejo tackled him after he had scored the touchdown so maybe he was certainly I'm sure he was a little salty uh, about that and then you notice on the next touchdown that he had Dontrell Inman he didn't do it right he learned his lesson but the bottom line is is that first one you know hurts it moves the kickoff from the 35 back to the 20 it hurts in terms of field position and it's a bad idea you have to control yourself but I mean, Inman wiped away most of the negativity by scoring the two touchdowns. So those are a couple of thoughts uh, there. In terms of the game statistics, um, Washington was 5 of 11, 45% on third down. That's not bad. That's pretty good for them. Plus a 1 of 1 on fourth down. That was a gutsy call by Ron Rivera. Uh, that was a tight game. Uh, it helped Washington take the lead. So Washington was trailing. They could have easily kicked the field goal and tightened things up. Instead, Ron Rivera goes for it, complete to Logan Thomas. Dwayne, good throw, good protection. Things didn't bog down. Well done. So technically, I mean, if you extend out the fourth down conversions, you know, they were 6 of 12 on third and fourth down. Take that. That's great. 50%. So that's a positive. They out-yardaged the Cleveland Browns for whatever that's worth, 309 to 300, and that's on the same amount of offensive plays. So I, I guess that's good. They ran for over 100, barely 103. The problem, Cleveland ran for 158, and for the most part, much of the day, Washington did a pretty good job, except for a couple of late chub runs uh, that you know he was able to find a crease and bust them out to the outside. Um, again, we gave you time of possession. The Washington football team really didn't have that much of a problem in terms of penalties, four for 40. Cleveland was six uh, for 50. It really comes down to turnovers, right? And points off of turnovers, period. Uh, it's just, you know, it's just what it is. And they had 24 and Washington didn't have any so that's a major major problem all right that is going to do it for us right here on the locked on washington football team podcast all right guys thanks for joining us uh, as always i'm chris russell adios